We would like to welcome you to the Victoria Day edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and, of course, um, this is all about jazz music and uh, being as how this is The Jazz Show. We have lots to uh, play for you this evening, all kinds of things. And, of course, uh, it's, it's funny. Um, Canada is the, um, I believe, is the only nation to actually celebrate Queen Victoria's birthday. A lot of people don't know that it was uh, good old Queen Vicky that named our province British Columbia. And uh, it's still called that, as far as I know. <laughs> and um, she's, uh, I think her contribution and, and her history, of course, is being uh, definitely looked at again and reevaluated and reassessed. It's uh, kind of interesting. There was an article in uh, the Vancouver Sun, um, the Weekend Sun, about uh, Queen Victoria. But interestingly enough, and the funniest thing, of course, is um, when American friends, especially those that don't live close to the border, um, that live further away from Canada, they don't know much about Canada, and uh, other than it's a nice place, and I know a lot of folks would like to live here at this point. However, um, so they're aware that uh, Canada is having a holiday, and they say, well, what's the holiday all about? And you say, well, we're celebrating Queen Victoria's birthday. And usually the response is, what? Who's that? Anyway, music is what we're about this evening. And uh, as I said, we have a rich and varied show However, our jazz feature is always up front and out first. And our what we're doing this month, this uh, short series for the month of May, are drummer leaders. Now, I've selected uh, four for the month. Our third is the redoubtable Elvin Ray Jones. Elvin Jones was the youngest brother of the distinguished Jones musical family from Detroit. Hank Jones, of course, being um, the eldest and uh, one of the finest piano players ever to grace the planet. And the middle brother was Thad Jones, Thaddeus Jones, um, who was better known as a band leader, arranger, composer, but quiet as it's kept, I think Thad Jones was one of the most innovative jazz trumpeters. And um, if you hear some of his recordings and some of his playing, uh, he it was quite amazing and a very original voice on the trumpet. The youngest is Elvin, and Elvin is our jazz feature artist this evening. And of course, Elvin uh, was born September 9th, 1927 and lived a fairly long life. Uh, he died at 76, May 18, 2004. And of course, when he first arrived uh, in New York City from Detroit, um, 
his style was so unorthodox that, um, as in Elvin's words, he said, my, my telephone didn't ring very often uh, because there was no one calling him for gigs. The Detroit musicians who had emigrated to New York had played with Elvin, of course, uh, when he was growing up in Detroit, so they would hire him. But the New York musicians just kind of shook their heads and said, this guy plays all wrong. He hits on the wrong beats. Uh, he doesn't emphasize the one. I don't know where I'm at with this guy. Uh, he, you know, he can't play. So this was kind of the reaction that Elvin had for a few years until... Um, of course, and he continued to, to develop and re- refine his, his style. And eventually more and more musicians, um, not only just his ex-Detroit compadres, uh, but the New York musicians like Sonny Rollins and, and, and uh, other people began to hire him. And um, so uh, all of a sudden... It was Elvin's breakthrough. But the real breakthrough came when John Coltrane hired Elvin to complete his classic quartet. And Elvin proved the ideal drummer for Coltrane's concepts. And, of course, Elvin really was one of the most innovative and uh, most uh, advanced drummers. And, of course, he's hugely uh, influential on uh, so many drummers down the line. Um, nobody can really copy Elvin because uh, he, he was a very unorthodox player, but um, this doesn't say that uh, drummers cannot be influenced by his style. And, of course, his time in the with Coltrane lasted from 1960 until uh, late 1965 when he... Um, left Coltrane's group because it, the uh, train was train's music was changing at the time, especially in 1965, and it was becoming more abstract and arrhythmic. And Elvin was having a difficult time locking in. And also, um, John Coltrane hired a second drummer as well, and that didn't really work for Elvin. So he um, parted ways with John Coltrane. And, uh, of course, always respected his time with Coltrane. Um, After that, he joined Duke Ellington's band for a very short time. But (laughs) Duke Ellington also had a second drummer in the band. And so Elvin uh, wasn't all that happy with his uh, uh, short tenure with Duke Ellington. So he left. And then Elvin began forming bands on his own. And... uh, working under his own name. And, of course, he always enjoyed the freedom of um, playing with a small group with a a formidable saxophone player and a strong bassist. So he worked uh, in different instrumental combinations with people like Pepper Adams, George Coleman, uh, Harold Alexander, who's a rather obscure but excellent tenor saxophonist, Harold Vick, Frank Foster, Rassan Roland Kirk, and some really strong bassists like Wilbur Little, Paul Chambers, and Richard Davis, and others. And Elvin liked also liked the trio concept with the horn out front and just bass and drums. 
And uh, that was the concept that uh, he pared down to in the uh, late 60s and formed his, uh, his trio. And he picked a wonderful, very versatile saxophone player by the name of Joe Farrell. And the fact is that Joe not only played tenor saxophone excellently, Joe was from Chicago originally, he played soprano saxophone, uh, he played flute, alto flute, and piccolo. And so there was a, a, a varied voice um, in this bare bones group. And of course, his favorite bass player came on board. Uh, he had worked so long with him with John Coltrane and Jimmy Garrison became available. So this wonderful trio um, was Elvin Jones' main band for a couple of years, and they did a couple of albums for Blue Note Records with this instrumentation. Uh, Joe Farrell on all of his horns, Jimmy Garrison on bass, and Elvin Jones on drums. And, of course, Elvin's style just fills up everything, uh, and the trio sounds much bigger than it really is. They did two albums, as I said, for Blue Note Records, and we're going to hear the first one. Um, it's called Putting It Together, and it was recorded um, in April of 1968, and we're going to hear the complete album. That's going to be our jazz feature this evening. There's seven tunes on the album. We open with uh, a tune by... Um, Philadelphia piano player by the name of uh, Bill Green. And he wrote the first tune. It's called Village Green. And it features Joe Farrell on tenor saxophone. Then a Jimmy Garrison tune follows. It's entitled Sweet Little Maya. And it features Joe Farrell on soprano saxophone. Then we're going to hear a tune written by Edu Lobo and Rui Guerra. It's called Reza. And that features... Uh, that's a Latin-flavored tune that features uh, Joe Farrell on tenor saxophone, tune number three. Then we're going to hear a ballad, beautiful ballad, uh, an old standard uh, called For Heaven's Sake. And that features Joe Farrell on alto flute. That's track number four. Then Joe is going to pick up the little piccolo and play an Elvin Jones composition dedicated to his wife, Kieko. Kieko Jones, and, and it's called Kieko's Birthday Bash. That's tune number five. Then a classic jazz tune written by Jimmy Heath, which puts Joe Farrell back on the tenor saxophone, and we're going to hear Gingerbread Boy. And the final tune is written by Joe Farrell himself, and he sticks to the tenor saxophone for the final tune. It's called Jay Ree. Seven tunes on this marvelous album, and that's our jazz feature this evening. Putting it together, the Elvin Jones Trio. Mr. Jones on drums, Jimmy Garrison on bass, and Joe Farrell on tenor, soprano, saxophones, uh, and flute, piccolo, and alto flute. And here we go. Village Green is the kickoff tune.
Our jazz feature this evening, an album called Putting It Together, and they certainly were. That was the Elvin Jones Trio, and of course part of our series this month on drummer leaders. And uh, this was one of Elvin Jones' finest little bands that he put together. He left, uh, as I mentioned before, of course he was most prominent um, working with John Coltrane, and he left Coltrane in 1965 and briefly joined Duke Ellington and then began working under his own name. And he had bands together of various sizes and um, was also recording for different uh, labels. And then he hooked up with Blue Note Records. And by that time, he had formed this particular trio. And they did uh, two albums for, uh, for Blue Note. And this was the very first one as I mentioned, called Putting It Together. And we heard the very versatile Chicago-born tenor saxophonist, kind of forgotten today. Uh, he, could, uh, he was so good. He, he went on to play with uh, Chick Corea's uh, Return to Forever and, of course, uh, had his own career. Passed away a few years ago, Joe Farrell. And we heard him on tenor and soprano saxophones. We also heard him on alto flute and piccolo. And, uh, of course, uh, it provided some contrast with this sort of bare-bones group with just drums and bass. On bass, of course, was uh, a gentleman that um, Elvin had hooked up with uh, all those years he was with John Coltrane, and Jimmy Garrison was his favorite bass player. And, of course, he's here uh, providing uh, that bottom strength so necessary for a group like this and of course elvin jones on drums all over the drum kit uh, just amazing and such an innovative and um, unorthodox uh, player and yet he does everything right elvin jones all of this was recorded in april of 1968 and we heard seven tunes we began with uh, a tune written by um, a Philadelphia pianist named uh, William Green, Bill Green. And uh, he wrote the first tune that we heard. is called Village Green. Uh, and that featured Joe Farrell on tenor saxophone. Tune number two was written by Jimmy Garrison. And it's called Sweet Little Maya. And we heard Joe Farrell on soprano saxophone. Then a very exciting tune written by Lobo and Guerra. It's a tune called Reza, and that featured Joe Farrell on tenor saxophone. Then we mellowed things out with uh, Joe on alto flute for the next tune, a beautiful old standard uh, ballad entitled For Heaven's Sake. Then Joe switched to the little piccolo for the next tune written by the leader of the band, Alvin Jones, dedicated to his wife, Kiko. And it was called Kiko's Birthday Bash. Tune number six was a jazz standard written by the great tenor saxophonist Jimmy Heath. And that featured Farrell, of course, on tenor saxophone. And that uh, tune was called Gingerbread Boy. And the final up-tempo tune was written by Joe Farrell himself. And, of course, he played the tenor saxophone. It's called Jay Ree. And... Uh, those seven tunes made up this wonderful album, which was issued on Blue Note Records called Putting It Together, and that has been our jazz feature for 
this evening. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we'll be right back with some early recordings, trio recordings, by Thelonious Monk. We'll tell you more about that after these important messages. When you join Balloon Club, we guarantee that you will be able to make a balloon poodle within the first day. Here at the UBC Ant Club, we just like to talk about ants and compare ant farms. Uh, It's really cool. Paperclip Club is all about, well, paperclips mostly. At Blah Club, you can blah, 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 There's only one club worth joining at UBC, and that's CITR 101.9 FM. We got free tickets to shows, whirly pops, professional help, and all types of audio engineering, passes to festivals, crazy parties, live band swag, all types of crazy people. Our programming manager rides a motorcycle. There's freestyle rapping, Nardwar, the human serviette, the vinyl and record libraries, Discord or magazine, free studio recording, and it sure beats the hell out of Paperclip Club, which is a thing that I just made up because I work at CITR. So come check us out on the floor of the Student Union Building. we got all types of crazy shit for you to do. Or check us out online at www.citr.ca. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Uh, we had a little bit of uh, uh, end of the holiday weather. I guess a lot of people were coming home and that sort of thing. But we had actually really um, quite a wonderful weekend. They were f- predicting a little more unpredictable weather over the weekend, but it worked out extremely well, with the exception of today. And um, rain is going to be ending this evening and then maybe some off-and-on showers uh, until tomorrow morning down to a low of 12, and then tomorrow is going to be a mix of sun and cloud with about a 40% chance of showers early in the morning. Then it's going to clear up and uh, be a pretty nice day. So it's going to be sort of a transition day tomorrow with a low of 12 and a high of 19. It's going to get back to some nice warm weather. Wednesday looks really good, and so does Thursday. Both days sunny with lows of 12, and highs up to about 22, 23. 
So that's kind of nice. And then Friday is a mix of sun and cloud with just a slight chance of a shower with a low of 13 and a high of 19. Saturday uh, and Sunday, really nice too. Uh, Sunny on both days with lows down to about 12 and highs up to about 21 to 23. So not a bad week ahead to um, bring the month of May to uh, a nice... uh, Conclusion. So there you go. Back to music, and now to one of the great innovators of jazz, the one and only Thelonious Monk. In 1952, Monk was signed to Prestige Records. He had been recording um, since 1947 for Blue Note Records. He made... um, his first recordings under his own name for for Blue Note. And um, he finished up his obligation to Blue Note, and he was open, and Prestige Records came calling, and they signed Monk to uh, an exclusive recording contract. And this was his very first recording session for Prestige Records. And, of course, it was still, this is 1952, so... Um, Basically, um, the recordings were three-minute 78 RPM records. And we're going to hear uh, Thelonious on piano with uh, Gary Mapp on bass, a fairly obscure um, bassist. He was located mostly in in Harlem. Gary was uh, uh, of West Indian ancestry, and he had hooked up with Monk on on several gigs. And Monk... uh, have hired him for this uh, recording session. And on drums is Monk's favorite drummer, the redoubtable Art Blakey. So we're going to hear three or four compositions written by Thelonious Monk. And these are the first recordings of these tunes. These are brand new tunes that he brought to the recording session. Uh, You'll note that the piano (laughs) is not exactly the best. It's kind of tinny, but that's the nature of the game. Uh, Prestige didn't have uh, access to to high-end studios in those days, and the pianos were um, not always uh, the best. But that doesn't matter because it just adds to um, the magic of Thelonious Monk on these tracks. So the first tune is called Baya, and the second tune is entitled Monk's Dream. The third tune is a, actually a standard tune that Monk always liked. It's, a, um, it's an old standard called Sweet and Lovely, and uh, Monk kept that tune in his repertoire right up to the very end. Loved to play that tune. And the final tune is dedicated to his young son, who was just a, a little baby at the time, um, and that was Thelonious Monk Jr., who was known as Toot. And uh, this tune is dedicated to Thelonious Monk Jr., tune number four. It's called Little Rudy Tootie. So here then, the first prestige recordings by Thelonious Monk, all done in a recording session in October of 1952. Mr. Monk, 
if you please.
Four Tombs by the redoubtable Thelonious Monk. Those were uh, his first, the product of his first recording session for Prestige Records. And that featured Mr. Monk on piano, along with Gary Mapp on bass, and Monk's favorite drummer, Art Blakey. Art was also Monk's best friend as well. They, um, they uh, had a lot in common, and uh, they were both um, mavericks in a way, too. And I think uh, that's what appealed to, uh, well, <laughs> they were just simpatico, musically and socially. So we heard four tunes, three of which were written by Thelonious Monk. We opened with Baya, and tune number two was entitled Monk's Dream. Then we heard the standard tune written by Gus Arnheim, uh, entitled Sweet and Lovely, and that was uh, one of those standards that uh, Monk loved to play throughout his career, and this was his first recording of that tune. And the final tune was dedicated to Monk's young son, Thelonious Monk Jr., and uh, his nickname was Toot, and the tune was called Little Rudy Tootie. Thelonious Monk Jr., of course, is uh, still very much alive, and uh, he's a marvelous drummer and band leader and certainly has um, delivered a lot of very important lectures because, of course, he grew up in the Monk household, and everybody used to come by Monk's house. Miles Davis, Dizzy Gillespie, Charlie Parker, all those people, and um, Thelonious Jr. saw uh, all of those people through the eyes of uh, a little boy, but uh, he has ab- been able to uh, talk about those times and kind of bring those times back to life. Um, he's very interesting. So anytime, hopefully, um, he hasn't been too prominent in the last um, couple of years. Hopefully, he will put a band together and uh, maybe come to Vancouver's Jazz Festival. That would be nice. Thelonious Monk Jr., Little Rudy Tootie. All of those tunes by Monk were recorded, uh, as I mentioned, for Prestige Records in October of 1952. And, of course, the records were, (laughs) when they were issued, um, they were given terrible ratings and dismissed. Um, Monk was, uh, during that time, opinions on Monk were not exactly... Uh, <laughs> he wasn't exactly glorified, and uh, but he didn't care. He continued with his uh, musical odyssey, and and he was redeemed many years later. And of course, all of these records now are really well loved. So I hope you enjoyed those four tunes, featuring Thelonious Monk. We're going to turn our attention now to tenor saxophonist Joe Henderson, one of the greats. This um, a couple of tunes from a live recording uh, done at the Lighthouse in 1970, 1970 uh, at the Lighthouse, which is located in Hermosa Beach, California. And Riverside Records was doing a lot of recording uh, at the Lighthouse. Um, the Lighthouse still exists, and the acoustics in the place are, are really fine and suitable for uh, uh, recordings. 
And this was a group that Joe Henderson had together. He was still uh, a resident of New York City. He hadn't uh, moved to San Francisco yet, but he was about to um, because he was becoming more and more, getting more gigs on the West Coast, including this one. So we have Joe on tenor saxophone with Woody Shaw, the great Woody Shaw on trumpet, George Cables on electric piano, Ron McClure on bass, Lenny White on drums, and that's the personnel of the quintet. And it's interesting that uh, Mr. Cables, Mr. McClure, and Mr. White are still very much with us. So here then, a couple of tunes um, recorded at the Lighthouse. Uh, the first one is was written for Joe by pianist Cedar Walton. It's called Mode for Joe. And the second tune is um, a standard tune that Joe made all of his own, and that's the great uh, Bronislaw Caper tune, Invitation. So here then, two tunes by the great Joe Henderson and company. Thank <laughs> you. 
Two tunes recorded at the Lighthouse during an engagement that uh, the Joe Henderson Quintet was playing in 1970. And we heard Joe, of course, one of the great masters of the tenor saxophone, and Woody Shaw on trumpet, George Cables on electric piano, Ron McClure on bass, and Lenny White on drums. And, of course, uh, yeah, Joe Henderson. He made those two tunes his own. The first one was written by Cedar Walton, dedicated to Joe, entitled Mode for Joe. And the second tune was a standard tune that uh, Joe really made into his own. And, of course, he smoked uh, on the tune. Um, Bronislaw Kafer's um, Invitation, a great standard. And, uh, as I said, it became really an anthem for uh, Joe Henderson. At the Lighthouse, a very fine jazz venue at uh, Hermosa Beach in California. We're going to take you now to, this is not a, a professionally made recording, this, this next one. It's rare, and it was recorded July 4th, yeah, 4th of July, 1959, at Newport, Rhode Island, as part of the Newport Jazz Festival. And it features the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop, minus one. And you hear Mingus make a reference. Um, this was supposed to be uh, seven pieces or, or um, yeah, se- a seven-piece band. But uh, the vibes player, Teddy Charles, um, didn't make the gig. He got tied up somewhere. And um, I believe he was arriving by boat and uh, something uh, <laughs> didn't, uh, he didn't make the gig, in other words. Um, however, uh, Mingus's Jazz Workshop was here, and of course, ever-changing personnel. We hear the great Richard Williams on trumpet, and on alto saxophone, the one and only Leo Wright, who had just moved to New York from the San Francisco Bay Area. And Mingus's favorite tenor saxophone tenor saxophonist is on here, Booker Irvin, Sir Roland Hanna on piano, of course, Mingus on bass, and, of course, Danny Richmond on drums. And uh, this is a piece of music called Boogie Stop Shuffle. Uh, Mingus turns it around and calls it Shuffle Stop Boogie. Whatever. It's Charles Mingus, and here he is to... Uh, Introduce 
things and explain why Teddy Charles isn't there. Yeah, I have all new musicians in the band tonight, uh, today. Uh, Roland Hanna, piano. Booker Urban. Oh, new, he's not new to you? Good. Booker Urban, tenor saxophone. Leo Wright, alto saxophone. Richard Williams, trumpet. And Danny Richmond, drums. Teddy Charles is supposed to be with us, but he brought his boat and it's not here yet. I'd like to open with a composition recorded for Columbia Records. It's titled Shuffle Stop Boogie. Oh, it's based on old jazz form Boogie Woogie.
Lindsay George reading the uh, book of the five people. Charles Mingus, the one and only, and recorded at the Newport Jazz Festival. As I mentioned before, this is not a professional recording, but a very rare document, um, and uh, recorded by somebody anyway. And somehow um, the tape has been released. And we heard this uh, special edition of the Jazz Workshop with Richard Williams on trumpet, Leo Wright on alto saxophone, Booker Irvin on tenor saxophone, Roland Hanna on piano, Charles Mingus, of course, on bass, and Danny Richmond on drums. And, of course, he uh, mentioned the absent player who was supposed to be here, but he was arriving by boat. (laughs) As Mingus said, he hasn't got here yet. And that was Vibus Teddy Charles, who was actually one of Mingus's best friends. And uh, you would have added to the proceedings. Anyhow, we heard this great version of Boogie Stop Shuffle, or as Mingus um, mixed it up and called it Shuffle Stop Boogie. Anyway, that's what we heard, and I hope you enjoyed um, a little bit of the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop live at the Newport Jazz Festival. July 4th, 1959. This recording, I hadn't listened to it for a long time. Uh, There's so much Miles Davis out there, and um, very often I usually choose some other recordings. This is so great. This is from an album called Sorcerer. We're going to hear uh, three tunes um, from this album. And it's an amazing album. Of course, it's the Miles Davis's second great quintet. And that is the um, group of course, with Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone, Herbie Hancock, who is coming to this year's Jazz Festival on piano, the great Ron Carter on bass, and the magnificent Tony Williams on drums. And we're going to hear three tunes, all written by Wayne Shorter. Now, Wayne uh, was bringing um, compositions right and left into this band, and of course, Miles was enjoying playing them and recording them, working them up to uh, where he felt he wanted to record them. Some of the tunes stayed in his repertoire, and some um, was the end of the road after he had recorded them. So that's always been the way it was with uh, Miles Davis. So we have three tunes that we're going to hear. They're magnificent. They, they all have their own um, mood and uh, ups and... Uh, uh, I was going to say ups and downs. There's no downs. It's just uh, incredible music. So the first tune is uh, dedicated to Miles. It's called The Prince of Darkness. Tune number two is Masquelero, which actually uh, Miles kept in the band's repertoire. And tune number three is a tune I like very much. Uh, it was also kept in the repertoire. They played it on gigs and it's um, a third Wayne Shorter composition called Limbo. So here then, Miles Davis's second great quintet, The Prince of Darkness. <laughs> ¶¶ 
from the album called Sorcerer, recorded in 1967. That was the Miles Davis second great quintet, as it's uh, known. Miles, of course, on trumpet, Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone, Herbie Hancock on piano, Ron Carter on bass, and the amazing Tony Williams on drums. And we heard three tunes from this album, all composed by Wayne Shorter. The first one was dedicated to Miles Davis, of course, and it was called The Prince of Darkness. Tune number two was entitled Masquilero, and tune number three was entitled Limbo. And, of course, uh, Wayne brought so many um, challenging tunes into this uh, band. And that's one of the reasons why Miles hired Wayne Shorter over some other uh, very fine um, saxophonists because Shorter was a writer, and uh, Miles wanted new repertoire in the band. And when Wayne first joined, Miles was still playing a lot of his older repertoire, and, and he wanted some freshness. And Wayne provided that with uh, a lot of his compositions. Some, as I mentioned before, some were, in, um, some were the last recording uh, was made when, when they went into the recording studio and the, and the tune was never played again. Other tunes entered into the regular gig repertoire that the band played. And... Um, yeah, so that's the way this amazing quintet worked. Miles Davis, the one and only. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or, of course, uh, on your computer, www.citr.ca for live streaming. My name is Gavin Walker. We're here every Monday night with some of the very best in jazz. Two great websites that I always mention. One of them, of course, is very important, especially relevant uh, this time of year. It's the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. That's coastaljazz.ca. And they have the full schedule of this year's jazz festival. Um, You can go on there. You can purchase tickets. You can do all kinds of stuff on that particular website. They also have the uh, schedule for Frankie's Jazz Club, uh, which is located down on Beattie Street. There's all kinds of events going on there. Um, Great artists from Vancouver, uh, uh, internationally known jazz artists, all coming into Frankie's. And, of course, it's programmed by Corey Weeds. So all of that is available on that website. You can see all, all sorts of things. Um, and that's coastaljazz.ca. The other fine website is vancouverjazz.com, and that's also a very interesting website. You can browse around there, spend some time on it, and uh, maybe uh, maybe get some new knowledge and all that kind of stuff. So coastaljazz.ca, vancouverjazz.com. And I'd also like to mention Pat's Pub. Um, that's a, a very interesting spot, the... Located the downtown east side in the historic Patricia Hotel. Now, every Saturday afternoon, some of our finest musicians play there. And the 
Music starts uh, around 3 o'clock and carries on until 7. It's kind of an afternoon thing, but it's always fun at, uh, at Pat's Pub. It's also free, no cover. And uh, you can nurse whatever drink you want and relax and listen to some great music. And uh, it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. So it's a place to go on Saturday afternoon from 3 to 7 to hear some of our finest musicians. That is Pat's Pub in the Patricia Hotel. We'll be back with some more music by the great Stanley Turrentine in a moment right after this. Discorder Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theater, Discorder lives. Your favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheater.com. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. Stanley Turrentine is up next, one of the great voices of the tenor saxophone. And here he is uh, performing. The orchestra is arranged and conducted by Oliver Nelson. There's all kinds of prominent people in the orchestra. But uh, the small band, which is backing Stanley, um, is, features the wonderful Kenny Burrell on guitar, Herbie Hancock once again on piano, Bob Cranshaw on bass, and Grady Tate on drums. And as I mentioned, the orchestra arranged and conducted by Oliver Nelson. We're going to hear um, a piece of music that was composed by the great R&B artist Percy Mayfield, and it's called River's Invitation. And then we're going to hear a Jimmy Smith composition entitled Bayou. So here then, from the album Joyride, which came out on Blue Note Records, the great Stan the Man Turrentine, one of the great voices of the tenor saxophone.
Yeah, here's three tunes that we just heard by the great tenor saxophonist Stanley Turrentine, along with um, Kenny Burrell on guitar, Herbie Hancock on piano, Bob Crenshaw on bass, and Grady Tate on drums, and the orchestra arranged and conducted by Oliver Nelson. We heard three tunes. The first one being the great Percy Mayfield tune, River's Invitation. And then a Jimmy Smith composition called Bayou. And the final tune was written by Hammond organist Jack Macduff, and that was called Kettle of Fish. Had a great piano solo in there by Herbie Hancock as well. Three tunes from this marvelous Blue Note album that uh, was recorded in 1965, and the album was called Joyride, Stanley Turrentine and Company. Stanley, of course, one being one of the great voices of the tenor saxophone. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9, or, of course, on your computer for live streaming C-I-T-R dot C-A. C-I-T-R dot C-A. My name's Gavin Walker, and we're going to change the pace a little bit and play some music by the one and only. There's never been another like him. I'm talking about Sun Ra. This was from an early album, which was... uh, issued on Delmark Records entitled Sun Song. And we're going to hear a trio of tunes played by Sun Ra's orchestra at the time. He was still, and the orchestra was still based in Chicago before they moved to New York. And it contained all kinds of people that uh, became relatively well-known. Uh, people like uh, John Gilmore, the uh, saxophonist, the tenor saxophonist, Pat Patrick, plays baritone saxophone, and Julian Priester, the trombonist. Uh, of course, he went on to play with uh, just about everybody. Anyway, they were all young men at the time, and they were all based in Chicago, and they were all relishing their time with Sun Ra. And under his direction and playing his music. So we begin with a tune. These are all compositions by Sun Ra. And of course, he plays the piano on here and leads the band. The first tune is called Brainville. The second tune is called Call for All Demons. And the third tune is entitled Transition. The Soloists on the first tune uh, are alto saxophonist James Scales, Pat Patrick on baritone saxophone, John Gilmore on tenor saxophone, and Julian Priester on trombone. That's the first tune. The second tune, uh, John Gilmore solos and trumpeter Art Hoyle solos, as well as James Scales on alto saxophone. That's Call for All Demons. And tune number three is Transition. And we have John Gilmore once again um, on tenor saxophone. And 
uh, Dave Young on trumpet, and Pat Patrick on baritone saxophone, and James Scales once again on alto saxophone on transition. Brainville, Call for Demons, Transition, from the album Sun Songs. The Orchestra of Sun Ra. Thank you. 
Three tunes by the Sun Ra Orchestra. This is an early recording done when they were still living uh, and performing in Chicago. And, of course, uh, all these musicians that were playing with Ra were, were based in uh, 
the Windy City as well. And we heard three tunes, um, solos by, if you heard uh, a trumpet, it was um, Dave Young um, or Art Hoyle, who played on the uh, second tune. Great trumpet player. And if you heard an alto saxophone, it was James Scales. Good name for a saxophone player, right? And on tenor saxophone, of course, uh, someone who was basically with Sun Ra right from the beginning, right to the end. Uh, And he took over the band for a while before his demise. I'm talking about the great John Gilmore, who played tenor saxophone, and Gilmore soloed on every tune. Julian Priester, if you heard a trombone solo, that was him. And... As I mentioned, the alto saxophonist was James Scales. So three tunes, all composed and arranged by Sun Ra. And, of course, he played the piano and conducted the orchestra. The first tune was called Brainville. The second tune was called Call for All Demons. And tune number three was entitled Transition. Amazing musician, Sun Ra Check out his biography sometime, and uh, there's, there's just so much to it. There will never be another one like him. He, he was unique. Like Rasan Roland Kirk, he was unique too. Nobody will ever replace him or even come close. San Ra is kind of in that similar category. One of my favorite people, and I, I did count him as a good friend, was Baritone saxophonist Pepper Adams. And Pepper um, passed away sadly, died of lung cancer in 1986. This recording was done about a year before his uh, untimely death at 55. Uh, He had already been diagnosed with lung cancer. And, of course, he continued. Um, It drove him crazy because um, he did smoke. Uh, cigarettes, and uh, uh, he continued to do that. And people would say, well, gee, you have lung cancer. Aren't you going to quit? I mean, <laughs> he was diagnosed. It was incurable. Uh, and when people asked him about that, he, he'd get furious. Um, and he, he was basically a very mild-mannered man, but th- this drove him absolutely crazy. And uh, he let people know that he didn't want to be reminded uh, quite amazing. Anyway, uh, just a little sideline there. But this is a wonderful album called The Adams Effect. And it is one of his final musical statements, and it's a good one. Pepper Adams on baritone saxophone with the great Frank Foster on tenor saxophone and someone he grew up with in Detroit. That's where he developed his uh, musical talents. Tommy Flanagan on piano. The, the poet of the piano, Ron Carter on bass and Billy Hart on drums. We're going to hear two tunes by Pepper Adams. Both of uh, these tunes are his own compositions and written especially for this album. The uh, first tune is called Binary, and the second tune is entitled Now in Our Lives. The great late Pepper Adams, master of the baritone saxophone. Thank you. 
We heard three tunes to conclude tonight's program from an album which was issued on Uptown Records, recorded about a year before he passed away from lung cancer, Pepper Adams, the great voice of the baritone saxophone. Pepper uh, died in September of 1986, and um, he was only 55 sad to say, but uh, what an incredible musician, and of course uh, worked with just about everybody. Pepper Adams, leading the band on baritone saxophone, Frank Foster was also heard on tenor saxophone, Tommy Flanagan on piano, Ron Carter on bass, and Billy Hart on drums, and we heard three compositions by Pepper Adams. Uh, the first one was entitled Binary, and the second tune, which basically was a ballad feature for, for him, a beautiful uh, composition called Now in Our Lives. And the final tune, uh, a very fast waltz, was called Valse Celtique, and that featured the, f- the full band. The Adams Effect. That's it for another edition of The Jazz Show. And, of course, our Victoria Day edition. We'll be back uh, next Monday with uh, another episode of The Jazz Show. And, of course, uh, another fine drummer to wind up our feature of drummer leaders. And this time it is the great New York-born drummer Arthur Taylor. And we're going to be playing an album album called Mr. A.T. And it's a good one by Art Taylor and his band called Taylor's Wailers. We're going to hear that next week on the jazz feature, winding up our drum drummer leader uh, episode. We've had four of them, or three of them so far, and uh, next week's will be number four. Thanks very much. On behalf of CITR 101.9 on your FM dial, or of course on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we'll be back same time, same station next week at 9 p.m. for another edition of The Jazz Show. Thank you for being out there, and take care. Do-ba-dee-oo, do-ba-dee-oo, do-ba-dee-oo